The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. To another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City, and today we are here to review AEW Dynamite Go Home Show from last night. Um, we're also going to have information on other stuff that's been going on in wrestling. The uh, NXT planning to go on Tuesday. What does that mean for Impact Wrestling? Also, other news and rumors. Um, first of all, I just want to thank all my listeners and all my subscribers to my audio podcast. Uh, again, guys, if you want to follow me through social media, you'll follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, I have a YouTube video. Uh, actually, not YouTube video. I'm sorry. YouTube channel. Um, and... Um, you guys can check me out, the Chokesland Wrestling Report that I put videos there almost every week. This week, I will be talking about a certain wrestler who was part of the Speak Out movement from last year trying to raise money for women who have been uh, affected by this and using AEW wrestlers that Tony Khan ended up pulling out pulling out out of this event so um and plus another wrestler who tried to work with new japan pro wrestling but now is they don't want to work with him so another individual who happens to be part of the speak out movement from last year these guys are trying to get back into the wrestling ring or back into the wrestling business and they won't be able to get in because a lot of these wrestlers who are wrestling now and promoters don't want to have that black cloud over them. And WWE should learn from this. And the reason I say that, because Velveteen Dream is still employed by WWE. Mind you, you probably won't haven't seen him wrestle and whatnot. Maybe they're waiting for his contract to be over so then they could release him, just like they did to Lars Sullivan. But that shows you what, you know... Uh, what is going on in this world? I mean, it is amazing that wrestlers who were pointed out um, as far as this speak out movement where women were um, either abused or, or, or beaten or sexually abused or underage, there's some of them are still employed. One I forgot to mention Matt Riddle is another guy who's the United States champion. And he's still employed by WWE. Meanwhile, he has a lawsuit on his ass. And this WWE. And that goes to show you WWE doesn't give a rat's ass about anything. And this is what uh, a lot of people don't like dealing with WWE. Because WWE is just, you know, very ignorant. Don't care about nobody's feelings. Don't care about okay, human feelings to be to be uh, on that on that subject right now because I mean if you really care about your fans and you really care about what the public eye 
who's watching your product care about you will get rid of Matt Riddle and Velvety Dream out of your roster because they were accused of something and they should not be wrestling at all, still making money and whatnot while they're collecting a paycheck while these victims are traumatized because of that. But anyway, that is some of the stuff that I'm going to have tomorrow with the two individuals who trying to come back and nobody wants to deal with them. I'll have that in my YouTube video. But today we're going to go to the AEW uh, Dynamite from last night. Um, but um, the show started off with Cody and Red Velvet versus Shaq and Jay Carhill. When I first heard about this match, I cringed because I was like, well, you know, Shaq in the ring. You know, I mean, Red Velvet, yeah, she's she's pretty good. She, she's not, you know, big, big star, but she's an upcoming talent. And um, and then Jay Carhill. Jay Carhill looks fabulous. Her body looks fabulous. The girl is fit. She reminds me a little bit of China, a little bit. Um, but this was more of an introduction of Jade in the women's division, you know. And in this match, I was very impressed with what Shaq how Shaq came out. Shaq looked fit for a guy who maybe a lot of us think that he's just, you know, sitting around at retirement and not doing nothing with himself. The guy is fit. Yeah, I'm not saying he got a, 12, a six pack, but he looked at big. I laughed though because when he used to be in that ring, he kind of hunched. And it's funny because Cody ended up trying to do some chops on him, but the second chop, just Shaq was looking at him like, what are you doing? And then he gave Cody some chops. I'm talking about it was bad. I'm talking about he he did some big shows chops on Cody, but Cody wasn't doing much in this match. And and it's, I mean, the reason I say he wasn't doing much in the match was because um, he has a shoulder injury. He can't. I mean, I got to give him up. He took a power bomb from Shaq, and Shaq did that power bomb beautiful, and then. He did a, a, a uh, how you call it, a tribute to Brody Lee, which was I think that was a very good thing to do, and he did that. Um, as far as the woman's concerned, Jay Carhill shows you a little. I think she plays too much to the camera. That's one thing I noticed about her. She she she, she still got a lot of work to do. You can't be playing to the camera. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing. And to me. Uh, that's what she was doing. She almost got pinned by Red Velvet, uh, and um, she was playing too much to the camera, to the to the main camera. I, I think, you know. Uh, but the funny part is the tables were set up by either Carhill one point, then Vel Velvet put up a table next to the one Carhill put. And again, like I said, Red almost beat Jay when she spear her for a two count. Why? Because Jay was playing to the cameras. So. Um, but she ended up winning the match. But before that, um, Shaq was in the edge of the ring near near the tables. And Cody went and did like a, a, a cross body press on him. And they both fell through the through the, uh, through the the tables, knocking out supposedly Shaq, right? So again, Red Velvet loses the match after she got double wing face planted in the ring by Jay. Then win the match. Shaq was laid out. Supposedly Shaq was knocked out. Now, they put a gurney, bring, bring in a gurney, take him to the back. 
they put him inside the ambulance. And here's the part that I found it real, real stupid. And I thought it was corny. And usually that word corny, I don't associate it with AEW. But last night, they made a corny move. One minute Shaq is in the ambulance. And the next thing, Tony Schiavone wants to open the door and say, I want to see, I want to talk to the person who's going with him to the hospital. Well, you clearly saw nobody was going in the back with him. And Shaq wasn't there. So my thing is, what is this, The Undertaker? You know, I found that very stupid. Didn't make no sense where they're going with this now. I, I really don't know. Maybe uh, Shaq comes out of nowhere and attacks Cody. And then Big Show ends up going a one-on-one feud with, with uh, not Big Show, Paul White, whatever his name is, and gets into it with Shaq. Um, I just don't understand that part. I think that was corny. Uh, if you're gonna do some, if you're gonna do something, do it better than that. Whoever came up with this ending, and them doing that, it was just horrible. That, that kind of gave a black eye to the match itself, because it was a good match. The girls were doing their thing. Shaq, you know. The power bomb, the chops, pretty much knows he he knows his wrestling. So, I kind of kind of messed it up. They follow that up with the next match between Phoenix and Pac versus John Scotter and D3. I don't know why they put this match, but to me, I took it as they're just letting people know that most likely Phoenix and Pac may win the tag team battle royal for the number one contention, the Casino Battle Royal on on Sunday. So, um, they looked good. I mean, you can't, Phoenix and Pac are a very good tag team. I love that ring entrance, that. The the music and all that. I mean, it perfectly fits for them. I just don't understand, you know, why I put a squash match after having a good match in the beginning. I mean, last week, I think they should have made that Shaq and, uh, Shaq and Jake and Cody and Red Velvet as a main event instead of the main event we got last night. Jericho and MJF segment. This um, this segment pretty much um, kind of what I say pretty much uh, gave us a view what is going to happen on Sunday. So Jericho and MJF segment came out like a question and answer segment. It was you had the inner circle there. You had Santana Ortiz. Jake uh, Jake Hager was not there, but Warlow was, and there were several wrestlers that came out. I think not not wrestlers, uh, reporters. Um, they asked questions to Jericho MJF, and then uh, Conrad Thompson came out and made a ask the questions to uh, to Jericho. Jericho called him. Um, Mr. Big Tits, which was her, it was her, it was, you know, horrible to call somebody a guy like that who's fat, whatever he called him, Big Tits, or whatever he called them, kind of embarrassed Conrad Thompson. But then Eric Bischoff shows up as part of the '83 Pac, '83 Weeks podcast, and he asked Jericho, "Why would you attack Papa Buck, knowing that you're gonna have to get the wrath of the Young Buck?" So he called he called Eric Bischoff stupid whatever but but the young bus pop up and you talk about how 
how their father was an inspiration to them, how they got into the business, how he created a own wrestling ring when they couldn't go to college, and you know, you know, all the good stuff a good old family, American family is. And pretty much, Matt told MJF, if there was no AEW, you'd still be home with your mama waiting for Rosie O'Donnell to call you back in her show. As you guys well know, MJF was part of Rosie O'Donnell's show years ago when he was a youngin'. So, but the best part of it was when Matt told Jericho, if there was no AEW, you probably would be, be jerking the curtain in the performance center. And that got a whoa from everybody and whatnot. And they started brawling. And everybody started fighting. What's funny, though, before this whole thing was, was that Santana Ortiz claimed that they the one who set up Papa Buck the last week. And... He said, so the young boys, remember, there is no line that the inner circles will not cross. So basically, Jericho set the proud and powerful to get involved in that situation. And at the end of this whole fiasco, chaos thing that happened in the ring last night, proud and powerful were put through the table thanks to the good brothers who came out to assist the young bucks. So basically what I'm looking at here is exactly what we saw in Sammy Guevara's blog, what he said, told the private powerful in his blog was, you know, look at the big picture. You're the greatest tag team. The, last year you came in as the greatest tag team in the, in the industry. And you're supposed to be the tag team of the group. And pretty much at that point, I saw that. And then now you implement what happened last night with them being put through a table thanks to the good brothers who assisted the Young Bucks, and Jericho and MJF uh, took off where Warlow goes to show you that the inner circles are done. I see uh, Ortiz and Santana double-crossing Jericho and MJF, and you're going to have Selena Vega, or whatever her name is going to be, be the manager of Santana Ortiz. She used to be a former member of LAX back when Santana Ortiz first came in into the scene. So, um, it's, it's, I mean, you're already seeing it. There's no way anybody could tell me that that's not what's going to happen at um, a revolution. I see it happening. I see it happening, and, and the inner circle is done. Now, what's going to happen with Jake Hager? Well, I don't know. Maybe the, um, the inner circle does break up, uh, or it's just Hager, Warlow, MJF and Jericho. I mean, because, I mean, like I said, Santana Ortiz been there for almost 18, 19 months, and they they got their first tag team title shot, which was pretty much um, damage when the, I think it was Jericho or MJF, somebody interfered, and, uh, or better yet, Ortiz didn't, uh, recovered quickly enough and got caught. He got the he was the one who got pinned in the match. So we'll see what happens because now you you get to see what is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And then this Sunday will be interesting to see what happens with that whole inner circle stuff that's been going. 
Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. Moving along on this AEW Dynamite review, we go now to... A footage of the explosion bar wire match promo, which I f- listen. The way AEW promoted this for Sunday was great because it showed you what the bar wire explosion match is all about. Okay, this was great because they show footage of Frontier Marshall wrestling from twenty something years ago with Onita. Um, letting you know, even though it was Japanese, but you had the subtitles in the bottom, letting you know what the match is all about. So the whole ring will be, instead of ropes, it will be bar wires. Like I said last week, explosion, you touch the bar wire, the, the ring explodes. I have to see how they're going to pull this off because you have to have permission from the Jacksonville or whatever county you're in that this is happening. The Athletic State Commissioner for Florida, are they allowing this? I mean, it's crazy because they're taking it to another level. I mean, it's one thing that they, Omega and uh, Omega and Moxley had a match. was a non-saction lights-out match with barbed wires involved in it where Cruz Christie, the 1-800 guy from WCW from back in the days, called the Virginia or uh, Maryland State Athletic Committee against Against AEW, AEW got fined for ten thousand dollars on that um, the uh, the match between Omega and Moxley, the lights out match from Full Gear from twenty nineteen, I believe it was. Yeah, twenty nineteen. So, I mean, I want to see how they're gonna pull this off, but this is gonna be some crazy, crazy match. I haven't watched one of these in about twenty something years, even though I got DVDs and and um. Yes, VCR cassettes of this shit. So, I mean, it's incredible. I have a library. I am the network. I always said that I am the network. You need a wrestling match, I have that wrestling match. I got all kinds of stuff, especially Japanese stuff, explosion matches and all that with Terry Funk, uh, Cactus Jack with Onita, all that stuff I have. So that's why I'm very familiar with this type of match. This match is not for the faint of heart. It's going to be grueling. And I just, it's going to be bad. It's a lot of bloodshed on that match. So, FTR and Tuvalu Blanchard versus Jurassic Express. Um, it was nice to see Tuvalu Blanchard back. But they brought J.J. Dillon. And this is another subject I want to talk about. Because this match, Tuvalu Blanchard brought out his... NWA TV title. He brought out his old 1985 United States title. Okay. From the NWA day. Plus the NWA tag team belts that FTR was carrying. Um, That Tilly Blanchard and Arn Anderson won in Jacksonville back in 1988. Where Barry Windham turned on Lex Luger to become a horseman. Which was the best move he ever made because he ended up being in the Hall of Fame. That's part of the Four Horsemen. But it was great to see all that. And, um, you know, it was the first time in over 30 years that Tootie Blanchard stepped in the ring. 
this match was decent. They kind of bullied uh, Jungle Boy throughout the whole match. Uh, J.J. Dillon got involved very early. He brought in back the old school days where he usually used to take that shoe and and have one of his guys use it. And that's what happened last night early in the match when he threw the shoe back in in the ring as a throwback. And they tried to they used it on Jungle Boy, but it didn't work. In this day and age, a shoe won't work. So, uh, but they control most of the match. Uh, Luchasaurus did a double suplex on both members of the FTR when he got tagged in. That's almost 450 something pounds that he uh, picked up to suplex him over his head. So that was so that was cool. Uh, Blanchard hit the slingshot suplex. We haven't seen that since the days of the 1980s. I believe he did it on. I think he did it on. I think it was Marco Stunt. I think it was Marco Stunt he did it too. And then they did the spike power driver on Luchasaurus uh, well, along with Tuli because there was a masked wrestler. or Not even a mask. Somebody with a mask on, with a hat on, with a mask. And he collided. He hit. He looked like he hit Luchasaurus in the head. And then he was throwing him back in the ring and they spike power driver. And it turns out that it was Sean Spears. Here's the part that I've been talking about, and I made a video about this back in 2020, somewhere about this time, about the four horsemen being in AEW. And I think I advocated for that move for months. But once I saw that the uh, FTR lost the belts, lost the belts to the Young Bucks, I said, well, that's not going to happen, maybe never. And then I saw our Andy still with the not me a factor with Cody. Um, now it looks like it's going to happen. Because after the match last night, you saw Sean Spears, who hasn't been seen in a while with a blonde hair, has not been seen for a while as part of the guy who was the one with the mask and the black hat on that interfered in the match. So you're probably going to see now Sean Spears part with FTR and Sean Spear, of course, worked with FTR and WWE. But here's the crazy part: R. Anderson came out in through the through the walkway when the wrestlers come out the the heels and whatever, and he threw up the four horsemen. Now, is Cody going to be a member of the Horsemen? Because let's be realistic: that nightmare family, whatever, there's not really much you can do with that. Because last night, and I forgot to mention this in the Shaq versus Jay, uh, Billy Billy Gunn's son, I forgot his na- damn name, uh, hit Shaq with the chair during the match outside. And Shaq beat up everybody. Shaq beat up both Billy, Ki- uh, Billy Gunn's son and he beat up uh, QT Marshall. So, Right now, it's, and the funny thing is that they added Lee Johnson into the mix, but Lee Johnson won his first match. You have not seen him since. He, they haven't followed up with him probably feuding with QT Marshall. We'll probably bring it up later on. Um, and um, But is Cody going to be the fourth horseman? Because you got him. You got the All the guys I predicted would have been Sean Spear, FTR, and Cody. I put this... On my YouTube channel. 
almost a year ago. You guys could go and look for it. Go to the YouTube channel, the Chokeslide Wrestling Report, and you'll see it there. I talk about it. Okay? I talk about it. And um, now, and that's the confusing part because now we don't know if the horsemen are coming, if this is a, uh, after double or nothing, and this is what we, we're going to be seeing. Um, but this feud between Jurassic Express and FTR is not over yet. Now you go add Sean Spear into the mix and get in there with the FTR, and you're going to have six-man tags, the Lord, in there. So, But very interesting part when I saw that where um, – I saw Art Anderson pop out the Four Horsemen thing and showing it to Tully Blanche and the guys, and they all threw up the Four Horsemen side. So, remember, Tully Blanche owns the Four Horsemen uh, trademark. It's not WWE. I don't care what anybody says. You do not have... WWE can say nothing if they want to pull the Four Horsemen. Tully Blanche owns that. So, um, after this whole debacle... Paul, uh, Tony Schiavone went to uh, to do the interview and he brought out Paul White. Shows up with a shit and he shows up with a shirt that says "No More BS." He took a shot at WWE last night. Um, so that goes to show you that WWE is covering a lot of stuff that's going behind the scene. And when the wrestlers leave, they pretty much are exposing them for what they are. You know, um, again. I said it in the beginning, WWE doesn't care about what the fans think. McMahon doesn't care what the fans think because it's about making money. But uh, he's going to find out sooner or later that that, that door that um, Big Show just broke. Now, it's not the forbidden door, like I said last week. It's the disappointing door that a lot of those wrestlers he had are going to go out through that door and they're going to be gone. And we're going to be looking at WWE the way it was back in 1996, 97, uh, when they had to drag themselves back, you know, the AEW needs to start making mistakes like the fact that you're making Shaq disappear from a, from a damn ambulance makes makes no sense. Makes no sense. You cannot fall for that. Stop trying to be WWE. It's not, you know. So the next match was the finals of the AEW Women's Eliminator number one contention match between Ro, uh, Rio... Uh, Fuzinami versus Nyla Rose. My thoughts of this match, first of all, I didn't want Nyla Rose to win. And I, I know I told my friend that they're not pushing her, but they weren't pushing her with Vicky. So my thing is, you know, if you're not going to push her with Vicky, then, you know, why have her there? You know? Um, the fact that, that I felt Nyla Rose had her opportunity to become in the AEW Women's Champion, it's time for other people to give it up. Uh, Shida, Hiroki Shida, I like I like her as a champ, but you know you look like you don't have no contenders for your belt. You had defeated mostly everybody. You almost you got that belt for almost a year. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so this match was not something that I got real Fuzunami. Um, I, she was another one that was playing too much to the crowd. Um, her chops kind of remind me of um, Kojima. Uh, but she still was playing too much to the crowd. This was a pretty good match because Nyla Rose made it a good match. Not because of Rio. Vicky got in, you know interfered by grabbing Rio's leg while she was in the corner ready to do some type of splash or a clothesline on Nyla Rose. But 
because of that, she got distracted, and Nyla Rose kind of took control of the match. But <clears throat> um, this wasn't much crazy. I mean, Nyla Rose almost got counted out when um, Rio went and um, did like a guillotine leg drop on the on her head on the edge of the ring. So Fuzunami, uh, Misunami, whatever her name is, um, didn't really impress me. So I'm very shocked that they pushed this girl to 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 win the finals to go against Sheeta. This is again all Omega, <clears throat> and um, Omega pushing Japanese wrestling in AEW. I, I don't like it at all, to be honest, because. You're not giving a chance to the rest of the girls. So now, come Sunday, win or lose in this title match, it's still going to be a Japanese female wrestler instead of uh, an American wrestler. Like, you got the Britt Bakers, you got the um, Thunder Rosa, which I was pissed off, but they put Nyla Rosa, um, Nyla Rose over Thunder Rosa. It's, it's stupid. Give me a second. <clears throat> Gotta drink something. Throw was parched. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just now with this match, I really don't care who wins this match now. I mean, because I wanted Thunder Rosa to win the whole AEW tournament. I think she's the better wrestler in the American side. She's better than Nyla Rose. So I don't know why they even did that. Serena, you could have put it Serena Deebs or you could have put it Thunder Rosa. But you instead chose Nyla Rose. So you mean to tell me that in the American female division right now that you have, Nyla Rose is unbeatable, which makes no sense. And because it makes no sense because then now, uh, last night, Mizunami ended up beating Nyla Rose. It was a good match, don't get me wrong, but it's not. Uh, at the end, you know, Mizunami was given the trophy by the champion, Sheeta, but then she decided to give the uh, she did try to give a, a handshake using her left hand, which I already knew something was gonna happen. So they started hitting each other, and she took the best of it, and she was the one who was pretty much hit um, Rio with a shot that knocked her down. But Rio had just had a match, so we're gonna see what's gonna happen Sunday. Not a fan of the way this ended the tournament. Not a fan at all. That goes to show you. Uh, whoever's running the women's division don't know what the hell they're doing, and again. There's words that Omega is the one behind the women's division, but he's so into this Japanese bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And no, 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 no offense to Japanese wrestling because Japanese wrestling is good. But I, when it comes to the women's Japanese wrestler, they're not as exciting as the men's division because they like I don't know. They make them look like these characters, like and again. Mizunami just showed me that she plays too much to the crowd. I can't deal with wrestlers that play to the crowd. That's the thing, same thing I said about Jay Carhill. She was playing to the crowd most of the night and made her look not great. So I, I don't I don't I don't understand it. If you guys are trying to monetize your podcast and you're a podcast creator and you're trying to make a little bit of money. My podcast today is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. 
Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add my podcast in the How Do You Hear About the Podgo section of the application. Moving along as the AEW Dynamite uh, show continued. They had 10 from Dark Order versus Max Caster from the acclaim. And first of all, they had minus one in the house. So that was nice to see the kid back. The winner of this match goes to the ladder match for Sunday. They had Scorpio Sky in the commentary. Um, the match was, uh, was all right. It wasn't a match that I could take a lot of notes of it all i know is that toward the end caster hit the brain buster and then had no idea what else to do he, he was kind of stumbled to try to go to the top rope um after he had 10 in trouble but he didn't even follow up very quickly he missed a flying elbow from the top rope but caster ends up winning this match because out of nowhere jack evans from th2 was on the bottom of the ring or under the ring and pop out and grab the boombox that Caster carries and hit 10 in the head with it and Caster ends up pinning 10. And then Matt comes out, Matt Hardy comes out from the entryway, from the heels entryway and pays Evans $4,200 for interfering in this match. And pretty much Matt Hardy said it, he was going to destroy Dark Order one by one. So this Dark Order with Hangman Page and Matt Hardy with TS2 and Private Party, this view is going to get bigger and worse because now that's pretty much a, you know, a, a way to show you, you know, what's going to happen this Sunday between them two because they're going to have a one-on-one match. Uh, and there's some, I guess the earnings, the first quarterly earnings of the year are up for grabs for these wrestlers. So, um, so right after that, they had Merrill says that he will destroy Chuck Taylor. He gave him a week for him to come back. He said the Merrill that everybody's been waiting for, that for months will be sh- uh, front and center come Sunday. Uh, so are we going to see the Rusev, as we used to call him in WWE, back? That vicious, crazy dude. I mean, he's already. I mean, he already doing his thing. I mean, him and. And, and Warlow had a face-off a couple of months ago, and that was cool because he was like he could take it with anybody. So Miro and uh, Kip Sabian will, will wrestle Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor on uh, Revolution, and that's going to be interesting to see what happens. The main event of the mat of the evening, which I didn't find that I did not find that as a main event. This is more like a mid card, but uh, Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn versus John Silver and Hangman Page. Again, they were pushing the match between Matt Hardy and Hangman Page. Uh, but so far, the match has been all Quinn and Hardy beating on Silver. What I was watching, what I was looking at. Uh, Quinn at one point hit Hardy by mistake. And then Page was on fire and Matt didn't want to get in the ring. So he rolled Quinn back in the, in the rings. I don't know if I see private party. Probably break it up with Matt Hardy. Uh, because after this, and then Silver was... Putting the boots on Matt Hardy and that guy, as small as it is, 
John Silver is quick. He is very quick. So pretty much Paige and Silver then worked on Quinn. They did a series of moves, of offensive move, of uh, uh, dragon suplex by Silver, and then the buckshot lariat for um, for Quinn gets the win for Paige and Silver, but then afterward, Mac attacks Paige with the microphone and starts beating on him with the microphone and talking to him. Dark Order comes out full, full blast, and they all come out, and then every team that's going to be part of the Casino Battle Royal uh, for this week, uh, uh, for Sunday, came out. All hell broke loose, and that was the end of the show. Um, overall, the... Um, the show itself was, it was all right. It was decent. It wasn't something uh, that they should, I think, the go-home show cause could have been a little better. But they started off the show with uh, the Shaq match. Um, he showed very good um, work in the ring. I just didn't like the, the way, not that the way the match ended, but what happened with him being knocked out. All of a sudden, he disappears out of the um, ambulance. The Matt Hardy and Quinn match versus Silver and Hangman Page, decent. Ten versus Matt Caster. They didn't brought up much of my, uh, didn't bring my attention to it pretty much. The Rio Mizunami versus Nyla Rose was a decent match again, but again, uh, the Mizunami playing too much to the crowd. I did not, I did not, wasn't too crazy about it. Now the most interesting part. Of the night, I think overall, as far as the show was, the inner circle caused this situation as Santana and Ortiz were put through a table by the Good Brothers and Young Bucks. Meanwhile, Jericho and MJF and Warlord do not help them. That's going to cause more uh, division between the inner circle. I see them breaking up very, very soon. The promo with Mox versus Onita, that was uh, very interesting. Uh, shows you what we are to expect on Sunday. Um, the FCR and Tully Blanchard with J.J. Dillon. Or should we say the future four horsemen are coming back? Because now you have Sean Spears back. Our Anderson throwing the four horsemen sign. What does that mean? Is, uh, is Cody Rose joining them? Which would be crazy because uh, it will be something to look forward to and probably have Cody as the Ric Flair version because Cody's the you know the style and profile right now you know he got the big cars and the big watches and all that that could happen I mean overall the show was I get from one to five I give it probably a three and a half not even a four I mean it could have been a little better could have been a four um, I think they didn't have to put the Pac versus Phoenix against John Scarlett and D three that was a squash match they're pretty much telling you. That they might be the winner of the Casino Battle Royale, Tag Team Battle Royale. So, overall, can't complain. I mean, looking forward for Sunday to see what's going on. So, moving along here, and let's go into the news, the wrestling news and rumors. As you guys know, New Japan Pro Wrestling unified the top two titles this past week, or this morning, you should say. Uh... Kode Ibushi, who held the IWGP title with the IWGP Tag Team titles. I mean, not Tag Team titles, sorry, Intercontinental title. Um, 
this morning wrestled Desperado in the 49th anniversary show. Uh, Desperado, of course, is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion after winning that uh, Castle Attack this past weekend. Um, had a one-on-one match with uh, Ibushi. Ibushi wins the match, but then afterward, it's now known as the IWGP World. And the the world, I always call it the world title because that's the biggest title in Japan, but now it's official. The IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He is the last double champion in New Japan pro wrestling history. You know, um, and it's sad to see the Intercontinental belt just being uh, pretty much uh, not vacated but not defunct because the belts got unified. Now, my thing is, what is the second title? Uh, you know, I guess it's the never open weight belt that Tanahashi has. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi has that belt, uh, which supposedly the never open weight belt should, was for younger talent, but New Japan has not been using it to that. But, I mean, there's been great champions who held those, that belt, but now that's the secondary title now in Japan. Because the IWGP United States title is held by Moxley here at the beat Kenta last Friday. So, but I think they're going to keep that belt in the United States. So, um, what's going to happen now? We don't know. We just don't know. So, interesting um, um, article that I saw this week was Ring of Honor star played the fake Bray Wyatt on WWE TV. And I don't remember this, but supposedly uh, uh, Beer City Bruiser was the fake Bray Wyatt on WWE TV. I don't remember none of this stuff. Uh, when Bray to Wyatt came out, I don't remember that. But he did say uh, he was the fake Bray Wyatt on WWE TV. Therefore, WWE pretty much told him, look, you know, the, the, the lines of communication are still open. You can always come and sign with us if you like. Uh, we will, you know, we'd like to have you down in the future with us. Well, he's still with Ring of Honor and, you know, pretty much um, – it looks like he is not, um, you know, he's not going anywhere. So, right, unless WWE gives him a lot of money. Now, speaking of Ring of Honor, the Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham lost their tag team belts to, I believe, to Kenny King and Dragon Lee. I think they lost the belts to, if I'm correct. Um, but they lose the belt. So, now it looks like the foundation is down to only one belt, which is the pure. Ring of Honor belt that Mr. Jonathan Gresham holds. Uh, interesting is that the foundation and um, the foundation was supposed to start feuding with um, with the, La Facción Gobernable, which is now um, uh, is oh my god. I'm over here stuck. I forgot the who is Kenny King, Dragon Lee, and Roosh are the members of that. I think I'm missing one more in that um in that um group because I know for a fact that there's four of them. I know it's Dragon Lee. I know it's um Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Roosh. I think there's only three members. I mean. I, 
I, I don't I don't know why, but it's supposed to be four, if I'm correct. So let me I'm looking here to yeah, De La Fasuna Dragon Lee and Kenny King won the tag team belts. And that makes Dragon Lee a double champion because he holds the Ring of Honor TV championship. So they got mostly all the matter of fact, the Faction got all the belts. With the exception of the pure belt. That's the only belt that they don't have. So that's interesting enough. So it looks like they're taking over. I know Shane Taylor and Rouge had a a uh, a match this week. And Shane Taylor came out short thanks to Kenny King interfering in their match and costing Shane Taylor the match. So uh, Ring of Honor is getting pretty good. I mean, and they're showing championship matches. Hopefully, they'll get fans back in there and get it going. Uh, so we'll see. I know M- uh, NWA is having a pay-per-view coming up, I think, March 21st, I think it is. After they took out all the um, they took out all the um, videos out of their channel. All of them, including power stuff, all that. So my question is why? Why did they do that? You know? You know, so um, I know they got another pay-per-view coming up. Uh, it's called Back for the Attack. And it's going to be on Fight TV. And it's going to be on what day? Let me see what day is this. Uh, the date is March 21st. So, it's going to be the pay-per-view. It's going to be on Fight TV. Back for the attack. We don't even know what's the card. Who's wrestling in that card? You know? Uh, I'm sure Thunder Rosa will be part of that. Hopefully. Serena Deeb, who's the NWA Women's Champion, she'll be part of that. So... It's just, it'll be incredible to see that. So, Jake Roberts blasts Vic McMahon for his addiction storyline. Um, This was a storyline back in like in 1996, something like that, 97, when Jake Roberts was feuding with Jerry the King Lawler. And McMahon thought it was cool to actually um, have Jerry Lawler pour alcohol on Jake the Snake Roberts when he was going there to the real life. A real life event. Are you surprised about this? No, I'm not surprised about this because he did the same thing with Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy uh, was feuding with Sheamus um, last year. He used something that Hardy was going through in real life and used it in a storyline. And now that's like the butt of the joke for any wrestler that feuded with um, with Jeff Hardy. They'll make a comment about his addiction problems. It's just... Real, real garbage. And speaking about WWE, a legendary WWE wrestler. Maybe you guys don't remember him because this guy wrestled back in the 70s. Dean Ho, also called Dean Haikaguchi, who was a former bodybuilder, became a wrestler, and was a WWF. Yes, there were three W's back then. Tag team champion with Tony Gurria in 1973. Mr. Ho, Dean Ho, passed away, or Mr. Higuchi passed away at age 80, uh, I believe was Saturday or Sunday of this week. And speaking about passing away, this morning, Jim Crockett Jr. passed away at the age of 76. Jim Crockett uh, Promotions was one of my favorite promotions back when I was in my teenage years with the with the Horsemen, the Barry Windhams, the Dusty Rose, the War Games, the Great American Bats. Mr. Crockett was in charge of that. Oh, it wasn't until 1988 when Ted Turner bought 
Crockett prom promotion and named the World Championship Wrestling, WCW. And you know the history of that or what happened uh, with that. So, um, unfortunately, two legendary um, icons in the, in the pro wrestling industry passes away uh, in a matter of less than a week. So, this is very, very sad to, uh, you know, to... Yeah, to bring up Impact Wrestling, and of course, uh, I did not get to see much of Impact Wrestling this week, but I know they already set up Impact Tag Team Title Match, and I believe it's for Sacrifice. Uh, they're gonna have the Good Brothers go at it with Jim um, Finn Juice and, and for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. Do you know this was coming? Uh, that's gonna happen. And then the knockouts title match. I believe Deanna Perrazzo will be defending her belt against ODB, if I'm correct. So that's something to be on the lookout. Also, real quick, um, speaking about Impact. Impact may be in for Rude Awakening. Now, I I've been saying this for a while because Impact has been, um, they've been doing WWE stuff. They they do stuff that they copy of WWE, which I don't get it. Like the the crowd pipe crowd. That's I, I don't understand why they're doing that. But there's a rumor going around, and I think that, or it may be true, that NXT is going to move on Tuesday for Tuesday. Now, this kind of a slap to Impact Wrestling, and I guess it's more of WWE showing Impact. Well, you don't learn because if we want to, uh, pretty much make you go away we can make you go away so now they're putting nxt at eight o'clock the same time the impact is having day shows so this is going to be taking more of their fans away from tv they can always put impact to, to um to record and they could watch um nxt meanwhile they're recording impact this is a slap to the face to impact which i brought up a couple of a couple of weeks ago when i said that maybe this is why impact decided to work with aew because they um nxt was putting shows on a tuesday night between the adam cole versus uh finn balor match during the summer or the fall whatever it was and it was affecting their rating so they were getting about 150,000 fans and when nxt Went against them. That's those two weeks. They lost about fifty thousand fans. Now, the only thing that could happen, and and something that uh, the Tony Khan said that I found it very very um, interesting when he came out to promote uh, the um, what was it the uh, the AEW for Wednesday. He said he is the what we call um, what was it called? The, the, what was it? The anti-WWE wrestling alliance, something like that, that he is the captain of the forbidden door. So I, I, I don't know what he's meaning with that, but it's interesting because it looks now, the only thing that could happen here and the way I look at it is if, um, Mr. Tony Khan decides that, okay, you guys want to go and pick on on, um, on Impact. Well, we'll go and 
bring some of our talent to Impact to help them out. I mean, it could happen because they got a lot of, they have a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of talent that they could bring over to um, to Impact and have them, you know, um, you know, uh, perform on Impact. Because right now, what I'm seeing is that um, why will why will NXT be put on Tuesday? Which I found it very very bullyish like, because they because they lost to AEW, so now you're gonna go and pick on the little guy because that's what WWE does. They pick on the little guy. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just crazy stuff. You know, um, stuff that um. WWE does. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I'm trying to look here for the uh, article that what Tony Khan said about, you know, um, that he is the, um, oh, God, he is the captain, something like that to that effect, you know. Um, so, but anyway, I can't find it right now. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. I'll be here all day. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so it looks like NXT will be going on Tuesday because they can't be AEW on Wednesdays and whatnot. So now we're going to take a look at how AEW does on, you know, without no competition. But, you know, AEW is going to bring something in there to compete against them in Fox Sports or something. I mean, well, they can't afford to bring no more shells because what are they going to do? They're going to put 205 against AEW because that's the next thing they're going to do. But... And, but this is all happening after WrestleMania. So uh, NXT days and USA Network on Wednesdays are over. And no, don't think I'm celebrating because NXT, it is a good brand. WWE just don't care for the talent in that brand because they're always pushing the same people. So well, that is it, people. I mean, if I sounded today like I was all over the place, I am tired. I am tired. So uh, it's a lot of things. I had bad news yesterday. Um, a friend of mine passed away. Uh, so I'm not at 100% mentally right um, today. But I, again, I'm doing this for you guys, for my fans, for my uh, subscriber. So again, please forgive me if I don't sound like I'm all over the place today. But, you know, I'm trying to give you what you guys like. And that is professional wrestling and the AEW Dynamite review. So until then, guys, again... Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Also, you guys, you want the podcast merchandise, you go to tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Again, that's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. You have there the uh, shirts. Of, you got the shirt with that says Body Slammer. You have the shirt that says the Chokeslam Wrestling Report with the logo right in the middle. And I have another shirt called Ding 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 with the with a ring bell in the, in the middle. Also, I have a snapback baseball cap there with the Chokeslam Wrestling logo on it. So check it out, guy. Again, that's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Check it out. Also, guys, um, my audio podcast, you can find it through Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popbean, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music Podcast, and any other major audio podcast that you got like to listen to your shows again follow me hit that subscribe button on my youtube channel to continue to see my videos every week until then guy be 
safe. Wear that mask. Stay six feet apart until all this crap is over. Until then, guys, I will see you Sunday with Behind the Curtains. And maybe I could do a preview of the um, AEW Revolution, which I don't like doing previews because sometimes when you do previews, most of the time predictions don't come out true. But anyway.